from MPB Think Radio, this is Money Talks. Kevin Farrell with Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, Associate Professor of Finance at Mississippi College and President of New Perspectives, and Ryder Tapp, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. At the end of the month, 2017 will be gone, and 2018 will give us a new opportunity to have the best financial year, but only with proper planning. The holiday season can often leave wallets a little light, but with some savvy shopping and a few tips, you can go into 2018 looking forward to having a great financial year. We're asking for to for you to join the conversation with financial, personal finance questions and comments. The number is one eight seven seven MPB ring. It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or send an email money at mpbonline.org. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lockridge-Anderson, Associate Professor of Finance at Mississippi College and President of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. At the end of this month, 2017 will be gone, and 2018 will give us all an opportunity to have the best financial year, but only with some proper planning. The holiday season can often leave wallets a little light, but with some savvy shopping and a few tips, you can go into 2018 looking forward to having a great financial year. So asking for your personal finance questions and your comments, join the conversation today with a phone call. The number is 1-877-MPB-RING. It's 1-877-672-672. 7464 or send an email to money at mpbonline.org. So good morning. Hope that you're both doing well this morning. Good morning. Um, I uh, missed last week. Uh, I mentioned on the air yesterday, but I was involved in a traffic accident. Uh, someone plowed through a stop sign and T-boned my car. Uh, but you had your seatbelt on. Exactly. So yes, I'm, I'll tell everybody, I, and I have told everybody I've talked to about it, I do think that my seatbelt saved me if not from a broken neck, at the very least, at you know uh, a gash in my head or or any kind of serious injury, because I was extremely fortunate in that I walked away from that accident almost literally without a scratch. I was a little bit sore, but even the soreness was like a day or two, and that has gone away. So I consider myself to be very fortunate. But as we were talking before we came on the air, you know, I was in that seatbelt and I stayed in that seat and ended up with my car turned upside down and I was dangling from my seatbelt. And so but you were safe. Right. I can't say enough about. And, you know, to me, to me, seatbelts in the back seat are a little bit uncomfortable. But now seatbelts in the front seat of any car, to me, it's not uncomfortable. And please, Mm -hmm. if you don't just make it a habit, uh, you know, it's something that I think if you just start doing, it's a habit. And it's and it's certainly it's a great safety feature because I, like I said, I'm extremely lucky that I uh, did not uh, suffer any, any, any really serious injury. Can't That's say great. the same thing from a car. I uh, went through the whole process. So you're going to be shopping again. Well, fortunately, I have found a replacement vehicle, uh, and I'm going today to uh, put the down payment on it and uh, pick it up. So it's another Soul. I like the Kia Soul. It was the one I had and liked it. Get a, did you uh, get it for color? Well, that's interesting. <laughs> when, I, when I bought the car in 2014, I was on the lot. And there was a brown one, a mocha, and then there's one called Alien Green, and I liked the green one. And so the salesman said, well, it's about $15 a month more on your on your note. But he said, but I really want my customers to, you know, to get the car that they want. 
And my friend who goes with me, he's my, kind of my un- unofficial financial advisor, he, he said, step outside for a minute. So we went outside the showroom and he said, you realize that in the course of the yes. note, yes. $15 a month yes, is a like lot. $720. Yeah. And I look, well, that brown car doesn't look to be too bad. So ironically, here we are a couple of years later and we found a used a soul on the same lot where I bought the car from, and it is Alien Green, and it's a year newer. It has less mileage. Alien Green. Yes. You know, I pick my um, house colors, wall colors at home based on the name. <laughs> I, I don't think I'd ever pick Alien Green. <laughs> well, I like. I mean, green has always been my favorite color, and it's something that's it to me. It's it's different. It's not you know red or brown or something. So I I like that, and like I said, it's it's in really good condition. It has a spare tire, which for whatever reason, when I bought the new car, uh, Kia did not deem it necessary to put a spare tire in there. So, mm. um, Just take one off your old car. Well, <laughs> well, and actually, that was the other thing. I had just bought new tires on uh. my car, and so that actually increased the value. But I was, I was really nervous because I went through the other person's insurance company because when I approached my insurance company about the accident, they said, okay, well, I got an accident report number from the Pearl Police. And they said, well, we can get that report, but if we do, you're going to have to file through your own insurance. And then she kept using the phrase that I would pay all the costs up front. And then she kept saying, we will de- we will attempt to get the money back from the other insurance company. And I was like, I'm not sure why you couldn't, but she said that enough to where I was a little bit concerned. And then she said, however, if you get the accident report and get the information, you can file through the other person's insurance, which is what I did, um, and uh, it's worked through. Uh, things were falling into place, but I was a little nervous about what the replacement value, you know, what what mm-hmm. settlement they would offer me. And when he called yesterday, and he was hemming and hawing, and when he came to what the settlement amount was, it was it was actually more than I expected it to be. So I was like, thank you. Uh, so we're doing that. They have to pay off the the rest of my note, uh, but that left me enough money for. Um, for some a down payment on the car, but also to put some in in savings and to work on uh, reducing some debt that I have. So it's not the it's not the recommended way I would have for getting a new car, but in my case, uh, things have appeared to uh, work out fairly well. So again, I'm very fortunate. That's uh, what that, insurance is for. Well, yeah, yeah right, right, right. So, um, <clears throat> so an exciting uh, week I had, uh, and like I said, I had never. Never been in an accident like that. It was a bit surreal. I, I got a first bride in an ambulance, so that was also an interesting experience. Um, but, uh, you know, I would also say, and I'm guilty of this at times as well, if you're in a residential area, slow down and, and obey the speed limit because the the person who hit me was, was going along at a, quite a, a rapid clip there. And I think if anybody that has seen the pictures of the damage on my car, I mean, it, it's, it was a violent uh, Are collision. you posting them on Facebook? I, d- I yeah. did. Yeah, okay. So. So we can all look. Let your <laughs> let your voice be heard. So, uh, any excitement? Uh, any financial news in the news? <laughs> well, um, you know, we have started a new month, and normally the first Friday of every month we get jobs numbers, uh, but the first Friday was. The first. The first. Yeah. yeah. So it should be coming this week. And economists are expecting that we created 200,000 jobs in November. That would be very good news. The average number of jobs so far before this point was only 167,000. That's okay, but we need about 150,000 just to provide jobs for new people stepping into the job market. So um, we're seeing consumer spending picking up. We're looking at a uh, what looks to be like a good retail season. So that will give us a little bit of a tailwind. 
Um, yeah, and other big news, uh, CVS trying to buy Aetna. Mm-hmm. That's a really uh, interesting is, combination, isn't it? Yeah, and and so, I mean, that has a lot, a lot of people are concerned about that because they're saying, okay, you know, is my health care plan now going to force me to go to a specific pharmacy? Are they cutting off choice? Um, a lot of what they've been talking about, though, and this is going to have a trend in pharmacy and healthcare is smaller clinics opening inside of drugstores. Um, and CVS has been doing this for, for quite a while. And so the, the idea is that for people who you know don't necessarily need to go to the whole doctor's office, just need a little checkup, just need a physical or something, or maybe they just need to stop in uh, just to get a prescription renewed where you would have to go see a doctor or talk to him about it, but they don't, again, don't need to go to the, f- the full, you know, hospital doctor. Um, so it's interesting that, you know, that whenever two large companies, mer- and these are very large companies, whenever two large companies merge, they always try to make a case why this is going to be better for the consumer, why it's going to give them more choice. Fun fact, it never gives anybody any more choice. Um, but the idea is... Maybe they'll lower some healthcare costs for people, but they'll the combined company will go for a larger share of your healthcare spending. So, you know, they may make some cuts in some places that might be good for you, but you'll be spending more of your money at CVS and Aetna. And uh, by the way, I want to thank our producer, Java, for filling in for me on short notice last Tuesday. It was a great show. I heard part of it. But a reminder, Medicare open enrollment ends this Thursday. If you're unclear about how to proceed, uh, you can listen to last week's show via our podcast. We talked uh, about Medicare and choosing the right plan with author Bart Astor. So go to mpbonline.org and search for Money Talks. You can find the show that way. Or if you have the MPB app, uh, you could find it there. Or also any sort of a podcast device you have for your smartphone, you'll be able to locate it. But it was a great show last week. was able to hear part of it. Sounded like you had some really good uh, information about Medicare. My question about the the tax uh, changes, it looks like um, if the Senate and House can agree uh, on a, a compromise bill that we'll have some tax reform, but this would not apply to the taxes we end up paying next April or what? How soon right. does it kick um, in? I mean, what I'm hearing is that uh, for most things, it would start the beginning of 2018. Occasionally, we'll have some law changes that are retroactive, but I have not heard that. Have you, Ryder? I haven't heard anybody talking about this being retroactive. So it's going to be uh, going forward. Um, We still don't really know what's going to be in the package. It hasn't been voted on and made official yet. And so we're waiting to see that because um, anything that affects our take-home pay, that affects our returns after taxes, um, is a big deal. And so we're always monitoring those things. There's a lot of bullet points have kind of come out of it, but, um, you know, the the details of how that works, how those are implemented, because taxes are an extraordinary complex thing. Um, But those those we haven't we haven't seen the text long enough to know. Nobody has. And again, I've heard that uh, I think both versions uh, double the standard deduction for. uh, And so would this be a good time to review your and I just lost the word. um, Ah. I had it in my mind, and now I can't think of it. Your um, exemption. Thank you. Well, yes. the monthly, the amount that you have taken out of your right. check every month. Right. Yes. How many dependents you de- declare, and um, how much you have taken out of your paycheck? Yeah, they'll probably issue a new um, because the the withholding is done. They have just have a sheet, and it says if you make this much over you know this period of time, this is how much to withhold. Um, so they'll just probably just update that sheet, and it'll be a little bit less withholding. 
uh, because, you know, again, that's another, you know, $6,000 that you're not being taxed on. Okay, we need to take a quick break. When we get back, we'll continue our discussion. Today we're talking about financial resolutions you can make before New Year to have 2018 start off on good financial footing. We're always looking for any personal finance questions you have, and the phone lines are open at 1-877-MPB-RING. It's 1-877-672-7464. We'll be back with more after this. Podcasts of your favorite MPB Think Radio programs are available now. With any podcast app, you can search, subscribe, and never miss a second of MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, Associate Professor of Finance at Mississippi College and President of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. Today we're talking about the things that you can do before the end of the year to get your financial footing solid for the new year 2018. As always, though, we're looking for any personal finance questions that you have. We always want to try to assist you with what you need, uh, and we've got the phone lines open. And so if you have a question, feel free to give us a call now at one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can email the show money at mpbonline.org. Uh, Java, our producer, found this from a site called wisebread.com. I thought that was very clever for a, a financial site. But the I guess uh, some of us are old enough to remember bread, bread being yeah. a synonym for money. Although or dough. I guess you, How about dough? dough? Yeah. yeah, we yeah. still say that. Okay, all right. Yeah. I thought, you know, so that I thought, you know, that's the, the hip words from the, the 1970s. <laughs> Good to see some of them are still in use. All right. So let's uh, let's dive into here and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll throw them out. And then if you would, just any kind of thoughts you have on these. The first one is to clarify your goals for 2018 and beyond. So say it's a family. What is the conversation like? How do you sit down with your family and well, sort of clarify come on. your goals? First of all, I mean, is anybody going to have this conversation in the middle of the Christmas season, Reiner, when everybody's running around, doing Christmas shopping, decorating? <laughs> oh, by the way, you should have seen that. I watched that decorating show last night. <laughs> I mean, people are nuts. Um, so I, I don't know that this is a good time of year to have this conversation. It needs to happen when it's quiet, you know, maybe at the first of the January, year yeah. or maybe August when nothing else is going on. But you need to be able to sit down quietly and think about it. Uh, I think you need to throw out this idea to partner, family member first and then come back and start thinking about what is it that you want to do? Because you're not accumulating money just to build up a big pile of money. There's a reason for it. There are things that you want to do. That's your Scrooge McDuck. Yes, unless you're Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> what, what, what I would say is uh, now with the holidays is kind of a good time, not necessarily to sit down and have the conversation, but you know, when you're with family and you have time off from work and you're doing – you know you're already in the holiday season. You're thinking about doing things that you want to do. I mean, that's a great time to think about your goals. Uh, you don't necessarily need to hammer them out with your family because, boy, that's a that's a lively conversation to have around the Christmas tree. <laughs> but, um, you know, you'll kind of see, you know, what... I think you should stick to politics. What, <laughs> what, what is it about, 
you know, what is it about my life that I want more of? You know, what, you know, what does my family like doing? Do, you know, do we like just doing simple things together? Do we just want to sit around and cook together? Or do we want to go to, do we just want to go to Disney World every year? You know, what are our goals um, as a family? And you can definitely, I mean, now is the time they're going to be going through your mind. So catch those little thoughts as you see them go past. Uh, but also, as we talk about, because we talk frequently about goals, monetary goals, financial goals, but it always, I guess when you have that conversation, you want to think about some short-term things, uh, saving up for our summer's vacation versus some long-term things. Sure, yeah. Uh, and and so you think about what are those short-term goals? As you say, a vacation, or for you, a car is a short-term goal. Right. You know you're going to have to purchase a car in a very short period of time. The next few hours. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So you need to match those goals to the type of investments that will help you get to those goals. So if I've got a short-term goal, you know, year, less, even maybe up to three years, then I need to have short-term investments. I need to just stick with a basic savings account or CDs. And I know I'm not going to earn a lot, but I'm not going to risk my money. And then I'm going to have longer-term goals. So for a young family, that may be we're going to, you know, we've got toddlers and we're going to send them to college in another 15 to 18 years. So that's a longer term goal. I can take on longer term investments. I can invest in stocks because I can weather any ups and downs in the stock market. Retirement is a longer term goal. So you're matching the goal to the investment. And, and I think uh, sometimes it's it's easy to not think about long term goals to maybe concentrate too much on the short term. But I think if you do some long term planning, if you're disciplined enough to do it now, when that occurs five, ten years down the road, you do really reap the rewards because of what you've done, what you've planned, what you've saved. And so if you can think long term, I think uh, that you'll, 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 your patience will, will pay off in the long term when you start to meet those longer term financial goals and you know, reap the rewards of saving and, and wise investment and that sort of thing. Uh, we're looking for your personal finance questions this morning on Money Talks, or uh, if you have some end-of-the-year things that you do to get yourself uh, ready for the new year, if you would be willing to share that, we'd love to hear from you this morning. The phone number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Number two on our list is to build a budget. Um, and again, I remember our, our buddy Chris Burford, when he was on the show, used to always call it the monthly spending plan because he said sometimes budget is kind of a scary word. But right, uh, yeah. obviously, you know, you know what you've got coming in, uh, and it's a good idea to know where things are going and, and to plan ahead and, and budget things out. So thoughts on a budget? Uh, yeah, I've uh, I've I've worked through uh, um, for myself and for other people a number of different ways of doing a budget. You know, the first probably the first time I sat down and did a budget, I was like, oh, let me think of everything I spend money on and then put a number on it and make myself stick to it. Um, that didn't really work too well. Uh, and, and so what I found was more useful for me was one, know, know how much I have to spend every month. So, you know, just X number of dollars, you know, it's fairly easy to watch my credit card balance, watch my debit card spending and just say, well, I've, you know, I'm getting pretty close. I've spent a little much this, you know, this month. I've got a week left. I need to just be a little more mindful of it. But also uh, just lumping things into general categories. Uh, you know, say, I know I spend about $200 in groceries every month. Um, if if I'm looking at, and if I look back at a month and I say, oh, wow, I spend $400. You know, I spent way, a lot of groceries. Like, what did I do? And just lumping it into kind of, 
looser categories, you know, spending on the house, spending on food, spending on going out or spending on friends or spending on family, um, have those looser categories and don't necessarily hold yourself to it strictly, but just being more mindful of when you, when you approach those, those, those numbers. Um, because holding yourself to sp- strict numbers, that's just never going to work. Yeah, I think you might you might drive yourself crazy, but I think you. Uh, I like the idea of the as you say those kind of general categories, and also, you know, when you have a monthly budget and sort of you review maybe expenses each month, mm-hmm. um, you as you said, if if all of a sudden the the grocery budget doubled, you can go back and look and say, well, what did I do? What, you know, where was I right. spending? And that helps you maybe be a little bit more disciplined in in the months ahead. Yeah, and the review is a crucial part of any sort of budget. You know, no matter how loose or tight you make it. Um, and the other thing is, obviously, when you're doing that budget, you you've got to. There are the the certain things that you have to do. Like a lot of people, it's a car note, a house payment, or rent, a food. But Nancy, we've often when we talk about building a budget, try to pay yourself first, and you it's it's important to try to work into that budget a way of again either investing or saving. So try to Absolutely. keep that as part of your monthly budget. Well, you need to build in that savings, and you're going to look at your uh, employer retirement plan first if you have one, or create your own retirement account through an IRA, and go ahead and set up money whether it's coming out of your paycheck or a bank draft that's going into that investment account for retirement. You can also set up your paycheck in many cases to go into a savings or credit union. So you're building for emergency situations as well as building for a longer-term retirement issue. And so getting it out of your hands first is the best way to do that. So if you go ahead and budget for the savings and then you have all those things that you have to take care of, like your rent and your car payment and utilities, um, then really it's just a matter of this is what I have left over. That's my discretionary income. And if you can stick with that, you'll be fine. And I would also say when you're saving, you know, don't think that there's ever, I mean, it would be good to be able to save more money each month. But, you know, even if it's, I would say, Fifty dollars a month, twenty five dollars a month. If you can do something, get started. Yeah, because I think that you know, I I'm the same way. I, I've been built up what I is a a good uh, emergency fund. It, it continues to build, but it was you know you you got to sort of make that commitment to get it started. But then once it gets started, you know, we're, I think we're all such creatures of habit that mm-hmm. it becomes a part of your normal monthly expenses, and and you can sit back and watch it grow. Uh, to me, the, always the tricky part when you have an emergency fund or a rainy day fund is. When is it raining and, and when is it only sprinkling and when is it pouring down, that sort of thing. Uh, but I've, I've surprised myself that I've, I've done a very good job, well, a good job of keeping that, you know, at first I would take money out of it and that sort of thing. But I've, I've gotten better at, you know, don't don't use that unless you yeah, absolutely have Yeah, we see the to. two extremes. We have some people who just regularly tap into their emergency fund and that's not what it's designed for because that means um, you're not living within your means at that point. And then we have people who will save and will not touch their savings account. So mm-hmm. you have to say to them, that's what you save that money for. Mm-hmm. And here's the situation that's popped up, whether it's uh, replacing an air conditioner or the roof, uh, car repairs, uh, medical bills. That's what it's designed for. And it's a, it's a good feeling uh, when you have those kind of uh, expenses come up, knowing that, again, you know, again, long-term planning, uh, saving ahead of time, it's always a good feeling to know uh, when you get in one of those situations that you're covered because, to me, there's nothing worse than 
you know, uh, you have a large yeah, financial thing and, and you don't. Panic. Right. Yeah. And so, and then also, I think uh, when you panic, then you begin to make maybe some unwise uh, financial decisions. No, that's when you pull out the credit card and then yeah. you get into a real ditch. All right. Number three on the list cut your spending by 5%. Um, and again, this is, goes along with a budget, but as you have your budget there and you see each month where the money's going out, I think uh, you can begin to identify, gosh, you know, the one I always talk about is you know, I eat out five days a week and look at how much money I'm spending on food for lunch when I could be brown banking it or, or having something, you know, for lunch that's a little bit more affordable. So, um, again, it's not easy, but I think anybody, when they look at their monthly expenses, uh, that discretionary income that we all have, you can you can find well, some and, paces and, to And save. not everybody has that room to be able to do that, but I would encourage everyone to kind of look at those expenses critically. And, you know, um, what happens for us as humans, whatever we have in our bank account, in our pockets, it gets spent. And so um, sometimes we don't pay as much attention. So instead of going, I want to cut my expenses 5%, maybe what you want to do is increase your savings 5%, Mm -hmm. and you will naturally have 5% less in your bank account, and you'll adjust. So kind of one thing I've been working on in the past several years and talking with people about and doing for myself is making sure that your spending really aligns with kind of what you value. And so one of the things I realized why just normal listing out items to spend in a month kind of budgeting didn't work for me um, because some of the things I spent in a larger spending category, like going out to eat, um, I realized that was something I really liked doing that. And so I could kind of put a put a cap on the total amount, but I wasn't going to feel bad about eating out. Because um, it's probably social, too. It, it, yeah. Exactly. Well, I'm not in like going out to a fancy meal by myself, um, although hmm, maybe I should treat myself. Um, but what I really, you know, things like spending on clothes was not something I... Yeah, okay. that's true. I Look. can vouch for that. <laughs> it was not something that I really valued so much. So I would feel bad if I spent, you know more money than I needed to on clothes. Um, so with uh, to cut your, my spending, then it was it was just a matter of with every purchase that I was making, be like, does this really align with something that I value? You know, am I doing this? Um, am, am I really going to appreciate this tomorrow? Am I going to appreciate this spending next month? And so, and so now, you know, kind of before every, especially big purchases do that. And also after purchase, just, just, just think about what you spent your money on. Think about how it made you feel. Uh, just being a lot more mindful and intentional about how you spend money. Um, and I found that was a great way to control my spending. And don't spend money um, on things that don't do anything for you. Right. So uh, credit card interest Mm-hmm. Um, is money spent right. that gives you nothing really in return. Um, and uh, often you are paying for something that you've already Consumed tossed out or, right. mm-hmm. and it's gone and has no value. Um, uh, a parking ticket or a speeding ticket, that doesn't give you any value. Yeah, so don't is, don't pay your speeding tickets. Is that what you're saying, Nancy? <laughs> don't do that. No, don't speed. Do you, do, you value, speed. do you value spending money on speeding tickets? Don't speed. How does it make you feel to, to speed? <laughs> let's, uh, let's get one call in before our next break, and it goes to Jessica in Brookhaven. Good morning, Jessica. Go ahead, please. 
Uh, good morning. I have uh, two uh, children in college right now, and how do you speak to college-age students about saving for retirement, and do they start a 401K? I mean, well, it would be an IRA. Um, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and get off the phone. Thank you so much for um, hosting this. Well, bless you for having two in college at the same time. My goodness, um, that's very expensive. And what I tell my college students is I start to talk to them about retirement. Some of them you're not going to get through, but what I really do preach to them about is when you take your first full-time job and to sign up for a 401k as soon as you can and at least contribute 10%. That's the minimum and work your way up from there. Now, some of them will have summer jobs or Mm part-time jobs. And so um, I would encourage them to go ahead and set up a Roth IRA and contribute to that that will then work with those employer plans once they get fully retired or, excuse me, fully employed. (laughs) Um, But um, the other thing is to encourage those college students to start learning about financial markets in the world of investing. I tell my college students, if you want to accumulate wealth, there are two pieces. The first is the discipline of saving. You know, that's just, Mm -hmm. you know, putting that money aside, sock it aside. And the second part of that is to understand about financial markets and investments, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, ETFs, so that you can make your money work for you at some point. Um, Yeah. So two things, especially if they're working like a part-time job on campus or maybe the part-time job off off campus, they may have, if they do have a retirement plan, that's probably not going to turn into their permanent, if that doesn't turn into their permanent job, just make sure they remember, you know, roll over that 401k or roll over whatever savings they did have into a personal account. Uh, like Nancy said, a Roth IRA is the best deal going. Um, they are just in college. You should just be able to tell them, look, do this because I said so and I am your mother. Uh, <laughs> that should count for something. That still. works. Uh, it should. It, it really should. And if it doesn't, you know, try a couple more times. Um, but another thing is instead of saying, oh, you need to put this money aside for retirement because retirement – to you know, someone in college, that uh, sounds like, point. oh, yeah. I don't want to go to it. Like, were you talking about a nursing home? Like, what is going on? Um, talk about just away. talk about other goals they might have, and just say, you know, you work so that you can you you save money so that you don't have to do this work anymore. Um, so you know, this money gets you some level of independence. Um, and well, and there are now a couple of exceptions built into the IRA laws mm-hmm. that. Um, it, they were done to encourage young people to save. Right. So you can use your IRA money for the first time purchase of a house up to ten thousand mm-hmm. dollars. You can use your IRA money for education. So if you want to go to graduate school, and so that's one way to entice them to go ahead and put that into a retirement account. Yeah. Also, I think um, if you can help illustrate, you know, to me when you see an example of, and I, th- I think we had one on the show uh, several months ago of, you know, if you start. Saving and put something in at you know at twenty. By the time you're sixty, it, it, to see how big of a nest egg you can yeah, build. Yeah, I mean, and that's uh, if you, if you have mm-hmm. a financial calculator, or if you can go online and find one and learn how to use it and learn about doing time value of money problems. It's amazing. You know, <laughs> you can really start to see the light come on when they go, "Oh my gosh!" You mean by this point, I can have a million or two million? Mm-hmm. Um, look what I can do. Yeah. So tell them, 
I'm your mom. You should open up a Roth IRA and then just mumble something about time value of money, and that should really do the trick. Or for some parents, what they will do is if they have a child who is who has a part-time job, because you have to have earnings in mm-hmm. order to contribute to an IRA, that, you know, it's Christmas time, so maybe part of your Christmas present is – Okay, here's some money, but you're, it's not going into your pocket. It's going into a Roth IRA for you. Yeah, um, and and also if your child just needs the kind of big incentive, you know, maybe there are some kind of short-term goal. Maybe they have a big trip planned in the summer, and you can say, look, you know, you kind of figure out how much you need for this trip. Is you know, if you save up this much money, I'll give you a little bit extra. But you have, you know, one, it's I'm not going to pay for it. Uh, two, you have you have to do the hard work, and and I'll get you a little match or a boost. Yeah, I think that matching is a good idea to help kind of give them the extra incentive to go ahead and start saving. We need to take another break. When we get back, we've got some open phone lines for your personal finance questions as we talk about things to do at the end of the year to start off 2018 on the proper financial footing. The number to call with your comments and questions is one eight seven seven MPB ring. It's one eight seven seven. Six seven two seven four six four. We'll be back with more after this. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, Associate Professor of Finance at Mississippi College and President of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. We've been talking today about some things to do at the end of the year to try to get 2018 started off well, uh, financially speaking. Uh, and we've got some open phone lines ready for your personal finance questions. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 Seven four six four. Joey from Tremont is on the line for us today. Good morning, Joey. Good morning, everybody. Good, Good morning. Good morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a question. I am uh, cashed in my pension. I got a chance to do it. Otherwise, I have to wait ten years for my first check. And once I get it, I want to pay down or pay off some debt. But I'm gonna have a chunk left now. What do you suggest to do with savings account, savings accounts, and CDs? Or I'd rather have it on the mattress. Well, uh, no, let's don't do that. Um, Joey, how old are you? I'll be fifty-six in February. Okay, so you still have a ways to go. Are you working still somewhere? No, ma'am, I'm disabled. Okay, you're disabled. Um, and when you say you cashed out your pension, did they just give you a check, or did you roll it to an IRA? Uh, I told them send me the money. Okay, so have you already gotten in? No, ma'am. I'm supposed to be here next week or so. Okay, um, if there's any way you can stop it, you need to. Because you're going to cost yourself in taxes. More taxes than you've ever imagined paying. They're going to have to automatically take what we call as a 20% haircut out of that, uh, of what your total amount would be. If you rolled it directly to an IRA, then they wouldn't take that tax out. Now, you could still then take some of that money out if you wanted to. And I think you need to be cautious about taking big lump sums out to address debt. You can do a little bit at a time. You can spread it over a few years. Um, And then the remainder of that money stay in a retirement account, and it needs to still be 
earning a decent amount for you. So I would recommend what I call a balanced account, meaning it's got stocks and bonds and cash, maybe some real estate all in one. And you can do that through a good mutual fund, uh, Vanguard or Fidelity. Uh, Both of those have great uh, options for you. And you might need to get some help with choosing something. But once you immediately ask for that check to come directly to you, then it is assumed that you are just totally withdrawing it from your retirement account. It's never been taxed, and there's a big bill to pay. And you're under 59 and a half, so there's an additional penalty. Um, I've got to thinking about that sort of after some people said comments. And I called to see about it, and they said, that's done too far gone down the pipeline. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now, now you could do this, all right? Once you get the check, you have 60 days to put it back in an IRA account. It's a rollover. Now, your problem is you don't have 100% of that money to put back. You only have maybe 80%. So you're still going to have a bill and penalty to pay on the 20%. But you've got 60 days to go ahead and open an IRA account. You can do it at the bank. You can do it online with Vanguard or Fidelity or E-Trade or Schwab, um, any of those, and put that money in there. All right. Well, that's very helpful. I do appreciate it. And I would just add about taking some of that money out to pay debt. Like Nancy said, taking it out in a lump sum might be problematic because you're going to, of course, owe taxes on all of that um, but if that debt isn't very high, you know, if it's a mortgage or a car note or something, probably fairly low interest rate on it, um, it might make sense, you know, if you if you don't need to pay that down, then just keep paying that out of, you know, what, you know, I, I'm assuming you have a little bit of disability income. Maybe you can make small withdrawals, small regular withdrawals from that IRA to help that out. Um, if it is something higher interest that you do need to pay down, uh, just plan that carefully so that while well, we are approaching the end of the year, you could ta- you could pay down a little bit of it now and then take out a little bit of it next year to kind of split that up over two tax years, keeping your overall tax bill lower. Um, but again, you know, paying if if the debt isn't too burdensome, paying it out of your uh, what regular income you kind of have or what you can piece together as affordable might make might make a little more sense. All right, Joey, thanks for your call. We've got some open phone lines looking for your personal finance question. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven. I have a question. Okay. Where's Tremont? Um, I think because it, wherever it is, it's raining there. Should have asked Joey. <laughs> we should have asked Joey. He calls the 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 cooking show on Monday, and I think we've asked him that before, but I do not remember where they I where don't. that is. We have so uh, many. Uh, it might be small raining here now. I mean, it was it pretty be. pretty. Nasty. And the temperature is dropping drastically because I uh, Karen Brown this morning uh, during morning edition was saying. Uh, that uh, temperatures could put, be as different as like 20 degrees from what it was this morning to what it is this afternoon. So that cold front is headed this way. Um, you, you know, about that call, it got me thinking. We get a handful of calls like that, and as, and as well in our office we get a handful of calls like that. And one of the issues is, you know, taking taking all of your retirement pension at one time, that's a big decision. Um 
and and the problem is that at your company they can't give you they're not allowed to it's not it's not that they're not good at it they're they're not allowed to give you like personalized advice about this they can say oh well you will have to pay x in taxes oh this is another option but they can't say look Joey or whoever this is what makes sense for you uh so whenever you have those Whenever you have those issues, while you know your person at work, you might know them, love them, trust them, they might give you some great information, they are still not giving you advice that is aligned with what you need. Um, so going to a third party, two or you know, talk to two different advisors, talk to different people uh, about what your options are, what that, you know, what it's going to look for over your next 10, 20, 30 years, because this isn't, you know, it's not just a decision that's going to be like, Oh, I'm going to get the check next week. And that's that. No, this is a decision that's going to affect you for the rest of your life. All right. We need to take one final break very quickly. And then when we get back, Reeve is on the line from Jackson. So Reeve, if you could hold through this break for us, we'll get to your question right after we get back. You're listening to money talks on MPB think radio. Information presented on Money Talks is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult a financial advisor or any other qualified professional for guidance about your personal finance questions. One app is all you need. The MPB Public Media app. Find your favorite voices and shows all in one place. Morning Edition, Prairie Home Companion, Southern Remedy, This American Life, Here and Now, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, The Gestalt Gardener, Marketplace, Snap Judgment, All Things Considered, Mississippi Edition, Local, National, or International, One App Opens All of the Possibilities. The MPB Public Media app, free from the iTunes and Google Play stores. Welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Nancy Lotter-Janderson, Associate Professor of Finance at Mississippi College and President of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. We've been talking about things to do at the end of the year to get the new year started off on good footing, financially speaking. Uh, and we promised Reeve from Jackson that we would get right to his call. So, Reeve, you're on the air. Thanks for holding. Go ahead, please. Hi. Thank you all for everything um, today. I've learned a lot. Uh, I'm 25, and I've just returned from two years out of the country, and I am trying to get into a Roth IRA now. Um, and I was wondering what y'all, y'all's opinions were on um, these online uh, Roth IRAs like Betterman or Wealthfront compared to the traditional like Charles Schwab or TD Ameritrade, and if there are any differences in those. Um, yes, uh, I've got experience with Betterment, Wealthfront, and another one, Wise Banyan. I don't, for some reason, nobody's ever heard of that one. Um, they're, they're, they're very good, low-cost investment management for something like that. Um, and I do think those are better just for a Roth IRA or just for an IRA because uh, even though they try to be tax-friendly on a taxable account, 
Um, I don't think their computers have quite figured out what humans like when they do their taxes. Um, so they're very easy to open. They will walk you through the process um, and and they'll do they'll do decent investment management. I always tell people that investment management isn't isn't particularly hard. Just managing the portfolio isn't particularly hard. Lots of people can do it fairly well and Betterment does it fairly well. Um it will. There will be a fee with it. I think they charge 0.35%. Uh, if you just opened one at Schwab, uh, you would kind of be on your own as far as setting up the setting up the investments. Um, I wouldn't go with Schwab's robo-advisor that's a little more complex, and it's not – I haven't heard great things about it. Um, you, If you open an account at Schwab or something, you would be on your own as far as picking the investments, um, and that also, you know – behaviorally it might tempt you to do too much trading uh so if you're just getting started want to put a little bit into a roth ira um and and want to be able to forget about it betterment's a pretty good option awesome thank you all very much all right Mm -hmm. reeve thanks for the call always good to hear young folks uh getting started on savings and and uh, that sort of thing so thanks for the call reeve uh we've got another caller on the line and it's Dwayne in tunica good morning go ahead please yes i was just wondering uh my mother uh, moved in with me this year, and she's 87. I don't move in because of her health issues. But I'm just wondering, can I count her as a dependent when I'm filling out my taxes? Oh, um, golly, that's a tough one. And you really do you have somebody who helps you with your taxes? Uh, not particularly. No, I've been doing it all by myself. Okay, um, you might want to get some help for this, or at least talk to a CPA. Um, I think, and I'm not an accountant, I think the the issue you're going to run into is she can only be declared one place. And Mm -hmm. so um, it's a matter of is she doing that on her taxes or is she on yours? And so I think um, just contacting a local CPA, um, tell them you want to buy their time to answer this question for you and help you with that to see which is the better option for you. Um, yeah, I, I do believe it's possible, but it, it's going to be—it's not going to be just as simple as ticking the box. Um, I think there's well, yeah, going to, yeah, yeah. Uh, I had to build an apartment for it on my mm-hmm. place as well. That's a, that's the reason I didn't know if I could count that off and stuff either. Um, and there could possibly, with that, there could possibly just be some deductions available to you. Um, but, you know, I mean, again, just saying, oh, this is a dependent and I had to pay this for her. Um, it, it might not be quite that simple. I think ask, just asking a little bit of advice from a CPA might be worth, okay. your, worth your while. All right, uh, Dwayne, appreciate your call this morning. And I would also uh, say that uh, if you wanted to, you should probably go ahead and and do that now. As uh, we were chatting before the show came yeah. on, Nancy, you said the CPAs, uh, as the turn of the yeah. calendar, they're going to start getting get really busy. busy. Yeah. And, yeah. and yeah. if there's anything you need to do with that before the end of the year, you've only got about four weeks left. But, that, I mean, that goes to what we talked about last week. Um, you know, our, our guest, he wrote his first book because caring for his aging parents was an issue. Mm-hmm. So, All right, uh, so we've been uh, listing some of the things that you might do by the end of the year to help you uh, be on firm financial footing for 2018. 
Um, one of them is uh, prioritize uh, and attack existing debt. And I know uh, there's often been the theory, the snowball theory, is that you pick one uh, in terms of credit card, you pick one credit card and you whittle it down until it's done and then start on another. But the thought is, do you start with the highest interest card or the highest balance card? Are there any thoughts to um, me? I'm- I, I think you start where you have to balance, uh, <laughs> no pun intended nice. there, um, between what's the highest interest charge, because you do want to attack that. But if you have some smaller balances, it's often a great idea to go ahead and knock those out because they're easier. There's a sense of accomplishment. I can I can just cross that one off the mm-hmm. list. And so I usually recommend for people to look at both issues and usually we'll focus on some of those smaller accounts, get them out of the way, and then we hit really hard on the high balance. Because if you have um, a high interest, high balance, you're talking a long time for you to mm-hmm. really get rid of it. And I don't want anyone to give up. Yeah, uh, like she said, it's it's a balance. Also, also look at alternative strategies for paying those off. You know, if you have, you know, a, just a ton of store cards and you just racked up some expense on them, but the total debt burden isn't that much, um, but it's not something you can tackle easily in just a couple of months. It might make sense to see if you could consolidate all those balances. Um, There are cards out there that don't charge a fee on balance transfers and maybe have some introductory, you know, very low introductory rate. And uh, And so where can they find these? So... Well, the the one specifically in my mind is the Chase Slate, but you can find these creditcard.com or NerdWallet. I find a very good resource for this. Um, use it for the search capabilities. Sometimes they're recommendations. I'm not exactly sure they may be paid for, so they may be steering you one way or the other. But, I mean, for instance, on this one card, the Chase Slate, it has in the past had 15 months no interest and 0% and $0 fees on balance transfers, which is important because typically a balance transfer will cost you either some dollar amount or some percentage amount, and and that's just adding to your cost in a way that you might not be able to afford. But you can consolidate everything to that and then put yourself on a strict plan and knock it out in a year. Yeah, and I will also say consolidation I think helps because if you have, for instance, four credit cards, maybe it's a couple store cards and a Visa and a MasterCard or something, if you can consolidate that down to one card, Obviously, you have mm-hmm. less to worry about and less to, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I forgot to pay the blank bill this month mm-hmm. or that sort of thing. Well, so. the other thing that happens is that we fool ourselves into thinking we don't have that much debt hanging out there we've because we've got it on all of these cards. Yeah. I only I th- have $500 on this and yeah, 1000 on but, this. But when you add it all up and then it really slaps you in the face and it all mm-hmm. goes on one card, then you realize that's how much I really owe. Uh, the last uh, interesting thing on this list, start saving your change. This suggests that if you were to have a mason jar and chunk your change in there uh, throughout the year, that you might end up with several hundred dollars by the end of the year. That's uh, interesting to think <laughs> that we would accumulate that much change, but I you guess... You can, yeah. 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 Always, if, after having people over, search the couch, you know, that's always... <laughs> my ma- might be a profitable a really visit. Couch you know, if you, if you go over to a friend's house, just stick your hand in the couch while you're there. <laughs> All right, that's going to wrap us up for today. Money Talks is a production of MPB Think Radio, funded in part by generous financial support from you, our listeners. If you need to hear today's show or a previous show, you can find it at mpbonline.org slash money talks. And don't forget about our MPB Public Radio app. You can download that for your smartphone 
and listen to MPB Think Radio programs on your schedule. Our show was produced today by Java Chapman, and our call screener was Michelle McAdoo. So for Nancy Lotridge-Anderson and Ryder Taff, I'm Kevin Farrell, inviting you to stay tuned. Up next at 10, it's In Legal Terms. We'll be back next Tuesday at 9 for another Money Talks, heard only on MPB Think Radio.